The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am joined today by my co-host Brendan. Uh, we have two guests for you today. We have Curtis and Aaliyah from C-Squared Media. Um, they're here to represent the PR side of things and the podcast. So thanks you so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for, thank for having us. Anytime. Um, for anyone who's not familiar with your work, which I'm sure most people by now would be, you made a pretty prolific name for yourselves. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the company, about yourselves, and uh, what, what your mission is, I guess, uh, as a business? Sure, I'll start because um, I basically started in PR about 12 years ago, I think, 2012, 2013. What is that, 10, 11 years ago? I don't even fucking know anymore. Um, anyways, I've been doing it for a while. Um, I first started working with a woman named Barry Ann. Uh, she now runs uh, Fieta Productions, I think is the name of it. It's a label. Um, it's just Fia because it's Gaelic. Yeah, it I don't know how the hell you pronounce it, but okay. Fia. Yeah, because the DH is silent. Oh yeah, because Gaelic. I know the, I know the yeah, label. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I started working with Barry, and she had a she had a label called um, Black Birch back at the time, and uh, she took me on, and uh, I did a little bit of work with her uh, for like a year, year and a half ish, or something like that, and then I just went and. Started doing my own thing because Black Birch was uh, winding down. Um, she also was running a label at the time that was running down. So I just, I wanted to continue doing it. So I went on full time as PR, started doer PR, uh, basically soloed it until 2021. And then all of a sudden, uh, Corinne Westbrook just kind of popped up in my inbox one day. Uh, she was a journalist at Metal Injection at the time. And um, we just clicked and we just, she started helping me with stuff, and four months later, we were a company. About a week after I met Corinne, Aaliyah just popped up out of the blue. She'd listened to the podcast I'd been on previously, and uh, she somehow got my mentions. And I don't know, like, what, three weeks later, you were working with us as well. And uh, then Holly Royal, another woman that we work with, just popped up magically, too. She had listened to a podcast episode, and we clicked with her, so we invited her to come along, and somehow I managed to turn it into a business and uh yeah that's the origin story of that um we initially started it as a podcast me and Corey did um so the first year or so it was primarily me and Corey doing episodes uh an ex a person that used to work with us named Gaia did a lot of episodes and then Aaliyah came on she started wanting to get involved in it well she was already on but she wanted them to get involved with the podcast I mean um and then the beginning of this year because uh, she just kept wanting more and more to do it. And me and Corey were getting more and more busy. And um, Corey also does uh, notfest.com. She's the man managing editor there, and she manages a couple bands. So for time's sakes, we just kind of decided that me and Aaliyah would mainly wear the hat, with Aaliyah being like the in charge of it. So since uh, January 1st, 2023, the podcast is now run by her. I am generally the co-host, but sometimes Holly comes on. Uh, Corinne's supposed to come, come on a few times as well. She hasn't yet, but she's going to be at some point. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like two things. We've got the podcast and we got the business. The podcast isn't really an extension of the business, even though it kind of is. It's mainly an educational tool, um, and it's used to help us figure out what we want to know a lot of the times and just to help other people. So like Ali and I will, will kind of figure out like who we want to talk to and we'll just invite them on. And luckily we've been able to get most people. 
that we've asked. I think we've only had maybe two people turn us down. Um, I think uh, George from uh, Cannibal Corpse was one of them. And other than that, I don't think there was anyone else. Um, actually, no, there's a couple of label people, not many, though. But pretty much anyone we've, we've asked, we've luckily been able to get. So that's been kind of cool. Um, Aliyah, why don't you give your side of it? Sure. Um, yeah. So like he said, I kind of, I came on, I think I was like their second or third guest on the podcast just because I Number was like, two, baby. yeah, because p- people, he, they were like, Hey, we need some guests. And I commented like an eyes emoji. And then they were like, yeah, come on. Um, so when I first went on the podcast, I came on as a graphic designer. Cause that's my profession. Um, and then after that, I kind of wanted to get involved with the interviewing side of things because I would listen to them, the interviews, and I would think, well, I have this question. I have that question. I would like to be involved with interviews and get my questions answered. And so I did that for a while. And I think that just because of my levels of preparation that I would do for the podcast, Corey and Curtis saw fit to have me continue doing interviews, which I was grateful for. And then towards the end of last year, there had been some issues with the podcast that I wanted to fix, um, particularly with the branding of the podcast. It was just called C squared and it's impossible to search for it. Um, so I really wanted to make it something that explained what the podcast was about and something that was searchable. So that's where the re- the desire for the rebrand came from. So though the podcast is still, it is still a part of C-squared as a company, but it's just called heavy business because that's what we talk about. We talk about music business on the podcast and the goal, the mission of the podcast, if you will, is really to, on top of educating myself and Curtis and, um, what I will say about that is that if you are in any industry, you should always be learning from other people in your industry. Um, it, industries are always evolving and it's important to stay on top of those things. And the best way to do that is to maintain a, a conversation with your peers and colleagues. So that's what we're doing on top of that. We're also helping musicians and potential future clients as well by, by offering them information on how to do things themselves. And then if they ever get to the point where they feel like they don't want to do it themselves anymore, then they can reach out to us and we can help them. I love that. Uh, I think it's fantastic that you're giving that advice away. Um, It's one of those things where a musician is no longer just a musician. Um, There have to be so many different things in the industry that to be the musician, that to be a publicist, that have to be a social media personality. It's uh, it's not what it used to be, where you just played the music and then went and played a show and everyone else handled the other stuff. Right. I mean, once you get to a certain level of success, you can hire other people to handle those aspects mm. for you. But it's really hard to do that early on when you're first starting out. And for, for a lot of people, writing copy for social media, like writing the, the, the actual post, it's so mm. exhausting. Oh, yeah. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to say it. It's a lot. That- that's actually my nine to five job. I'm a social media uh, coordinator. So uh, yeah, it's- uh, There you go. You know how hard it can be for people. Yeah, it's a job. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we said this to a lot of people who've come on the show. It's a double-edged sword, how things have progressed at the industry. It's easier than ever to get your music out there, but it's harder than ever to get noticed. 
Um, so if if you can put the effort in and, and meet the right people and make those connections, it's it's a game changer. Yeah. And those two things are exact functions of each other. You know, the reason why it's harder to get hurt is because it's easier to get out there. Mm-hmm. So, Curtis, I saw you were going to say something. I was nodding my head in agreement. I'm just going with flow. <laughs> okay. I mean, Curtis, you've been doing this for a while. What would you say sort of in the last decade or so have been some of the biggest changes in that aspect of, of how bands have to perform to get noticed? Oh, it's kind of hard to say because you're going to hear conflicting advice from so many different people on what you have to do. I mean, how do I put this? One key thing that I think a lot of bands need to do and most people are probably not going to like me me saying this, but they have to actually network and they have to actually talk to journalists. They actually have to mm-hmm. talk to other people. They have to schmooze or whatever you want to call it. Um, really good example. I'm going to toot Aaliyah's horn right here for a second. She hates it when I do it, but I'm doing it anyways. Uh, Aaliyah plays in a band called Shield of Wings. So, oh, we'll wait till, oh you back? Sorry, it's just so, closing a window. It's a little loud outside. Okay, no worries. I was like... Did I lose them? Um, so anyways, so Aaliyah plays in a band called Shield of Wings. So she's been in the band for a couple of years. Uh, basically, she's turned into their manager, business end of things type person. So she's a really good example. So she started working on a podcast. She started working with us. She started connecting with other people, connecting with other musicians. She frequents social media, put in a lot of work. And now she's actually getting... The, that band is actually getting a lot of attention. They're playing on different festivals. Um, you've opened for a number of big bands already now in the last year, year and a half, primarily just due to networking. I mean, obviously the band is good. They're really good. They have to be good. You have you have to have good music. But it's an, they're an independent band. They're unsigned. They were inactive for, what, 12 years or something like that? 10 years? The inactivity was, like, total inactivity was more yeah. like seven years before... Well, so, yeah. Because like 2012 was when the hiatus started. And then 2019 is when we started posting on social media again. So you guys were, they were inactive for ages. And she went and she's basically taken that band just from her networking skills. Because she's the main person that does it. Her and Laura, their singer. Not just. Not just. No, not just. But main, 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 main. Like it or lump, but main people. Uh, her and Laura are the main driving forces on social media. Um, so... She's using her business acumen. She's managed to get that band back in people's frames of frames of reference. Now, you know they're probably going to end up being signed in the next year or two. I would imagine they're probably going to end up going on tour. I'm, I know I'm tooting your horn, but it's true. It's very optimistic. Um, maybe I appreciate but anyways, it. <laughs> I'm just saying that she's a really good example of someone that has gone taken a band that was completely inactive, mm-hmm. turned them so that way there's a big public uh, perception on them. They've been featured at Not Fast. They've been featured at Decibel. They've been in a whole bunch of magazines. Big opening spots. Sorry to toot your horn, Aaliyah, but... Well, I mean, and that's fair. It's a fair thing to say also that that's another reason, or it's another, and maybe not a reason, but it's another benefit of doing the podcast. And it isn't my main reason for doing the podcast, but the main, like, I think one of my main motivators from doing the podcast is to learn. And it's just a byproduct of that, that I actually get to meet and talk to a lot of professionals. And that is a method of networking. 100%. But yeah, that's that's my main answer right there. Is like you got you got to go out. You also got to go to shows. You got to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be online all the time. You you know that's what you got to do. And if you don't yeah. want to do it, 
I was just going to say, I think going to shows is so important. Like, yeah. I think there are a lot of bands that don't do that. And it's like, if you don't respect your local scene, if you don't participate in it, why do you expect your local scene to care about you? Right. Yeah, it's very one-sided. Um, yeah, and you can't just go to the big shows. You got to go to the small shows and you got to go to the medium-sized shows. And all or, if you're going, or if you're going to the big show, go early enough to catch the local opener. Exactly. You know? yeah. Like, small things. Yeah. Did I ask you a question? Or did I give oh, you yeah. guys a big run? Okay. I, I think you did. No, I, it definitely, like, uh, it was in a very specific story-based way. But yes, I definitely think cool. you did. Um, cool. But I, I love the fact that you pushed going to those small shows because I'm a huge fan of that. I live in San Diego. Um, so we're kind of spoiled down here for for the shows that come through. And like most of the shows I go to cost eight to twelve dollars or something like that. Absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. And those are some of the best shows. I, I love like because the band will stick around and talk to you afterwards that they want to hear feedback. They really yep. appreciate the fact that you came out and took the time to actually listen to them. So 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. 100%. I agree. Um, one other thing I just want to comment on just about going to the shows is you also got to go to a lot of shows. Yeah. <laughs> Here's um, another thing. Like, go ahead, Lee. Um, kind of uh, on the same topic is that if you're opening for a show, stay mm-hmm. for the whole show. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't, I, I, that just seemed obvious to me forever. Like it's always seemed like obvious. You stay the whole show if you're able to, unless you have to work at 4am the next morning or something, (laughs) but like, I mean, I get thanked for that by promoters, by other bands. They say, thank you for sticking around. And I'm like, is this a rare thing? Yep. And apparently it is. So I advise doing that too. Yep. It's common courtesy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a few things that I, I've noticed that people don't do that. I, I would have thought uh, uh, common sense and common courtesy. Like, I'm sure you guys get this as well, PR stuff all the time, but how many bands don't engage or thank or share reviews? That's always blowing my mind. Like, I someone's taking the time and effort to write something about you that's complimentary. And even if it's not complimentary, it's just like, you know, kind of neutral. Someone's still taking the time to listen to what you made and write right. about it. And like... Because, I mean, I write a lot of reviews for our site, and sometimes when a smaller, especially a smaller band, like a couple of hundred followers don't say thank you or share it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's, like, surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really get yourself blacklisted is what it is? Mm. That's definitely something we encourage our clients to do that's good. as a PR, and is to always say thank you at least and share yeah. it if you can. Yeah. So I, also like it time. When, I also like it when the bands will actually go and DM the uh, writer and say thank you. To be honest. Yes. Mm. Yeah. As a writer, we really appreciate that. It makes the form of you form a connection with the with the the publication, which makes them more likely to cover you in the future. I mean, like if you leave a lasting impression on a publication, they're going to cover you again. Right. One hundred percent. I agree on that. Yeah. It's all about networking, like you said, and those relationships that you build. It's it's so important. Yep. And you got to do it in everything. I mean, like, well, usually what I'll do, I don't do this all the time, but. Aaliyah knows I do this and Corey knows I do this, but 90% of the time, if I get someone, I've only started doing this this in the last year, I got to admit, but it just seems like it's common courtesy. So like if you get an Instagram follower and they don't seem like a bot, actually message them and just say, Hey, nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time. I do like all the fucking time. I don't care who it is. Like as long as they don't look like a bot or someone that's like a, you know, trying to uh, make me join the Illuminati, I'll usually will DM them. 
Like, I'll, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll just say, hey, I'll just be like, hey, nice to meet you. And I'll just, and I, like, if they're obviously in a band, I'll ask them about their band. I won't necessarily listen to their band. And I'm not trying to hit them up for anything. It's just a matter of common courtesy. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah. Someone right. like, Hello, how you doing? Type of thing. And even if they don't message you back, whatever. Who yeah. cares? That's actually good I advice. Them, I, uh... I'll do that a lot too. That's great. I mean, I've never thought of actually doing that with Instagram followers. That's that's really good advice. I, I definitely with yeah. like friend friend requests um, on Facebook. Like one of the rudest things anyone can do is just add you as a friend, not say hi, and send you a link to their their music. Like that is I so off-putting. I, I invite you to their fans fan group. Yeah, or their page or something. It's like you never even said hello to me like that. It's, I'm just going to unfriend right. you. It's just like bam, here's this. Yeah, I have a small rant. I have a small rant that I'm going to give, and you guys got to listen to it. Okay, so <laughs> I've gone off. If anybody's ever listened to any past podcasts I've ever done, I've always gone off about people DMing uh, random shit. And uh, I have to admit, I'm one of the biggest offenders of that because, like I said, I will just randomly DM anybody and just say hello to them. I don't fucking care. Um, doesn't bother me in the slightest. Although I do get very suspicious many times when someone just randomly DMs me with a "Hey, how's it going?" I hate that hate that so much i hate someone, it too. if someone just dms me and i don't know them and says hey how's it going and nothing else immediately I, i'm like what do you want exactly, exactly <laughs> what are you what trying I, to get from me yeah like get to the point tell me what you want if it's just hi nice to meet you cool but if it's something else no because i gotta admit i used to, and i always used to say don't fucking dm me if i don't know you but i've changed my tune a lot on that in the last two years because that's how i met Aaliyah. that's mm-hmm. how i met Corey. That's no, I, I commented on a well, tweet. Well, I didn't still. DM it was kind of, wasn't a it's DM, different. but it was still a social media. Because a public forum, when you, when you have DM. your tweets, you, you expect <laughs> people to comment on them. Yes. True. Corey, yep. Corey DM'd me out of the blue. So there, so she, and so did Holly, I believe. So, But anyways, I've changed my tune on that a little bit, but I think it's all in the matter of how you approach it. Yes. Um, and you got to have in your intentions on things. Like if your intention is just to get information and bump people for information, it will show through. And uh, it has to be legitimate if you're going to actually do the GM, GM DM, DM uh, mode. So mm-hmm. there's my rant. Just had to say it. No, I mean, if someone introduces themselves like, hey, nice to meet you. Thanks for accepting my friend request. I happen to be in this band. I see you're a music review. Would you mind checking it out? Totally fine. That's fine. I, I, I have no problem with that. If it's literally just Link and nothing else, that's a whole different story. I yeah. I hate that. Although I do admit once I clicked one of those and it was actually really, really good. And I ended up getting a client out of that. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was uh, the most random thing. I probably will never happen again, but I just heard, I, I actually clicked it and I was like, ah, fuck, I'll just check it today. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And I was like, I need to work for you, please. So that's awesome. Uh, did you tell them, like, hey, man, like great music, but change your strategy? I didn't because it worked. So I wasn't going to fucking, <laughs> it worked. I mean, they yeah. got out of the deal. So, you know, I mean, I'm not going to knock the hustle if it worked that time. So why not? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. There are exceptions to every rule. That's true. Yeah. So what's that expression? A broken clock is right once a day. Yep. Twice, Twice a day. day. Twice a day. That's what it is. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Yep. 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 But only if it's not a digital clock that's showing the 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Oh, the double zero thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, Brendan, I know you had some uh, more local questions. I know you enjoy asking these, so I'll let you uh, fire a couple of those off. Oh, yeah. Well, I had a couple um, that weren't so local, too. Um, I was going to ask, like, what was um, your, like, do you ever get, like, nervous before an interview, like, when you first started out? 
and then um did that kind of fade away or and or does that still happen from time to time all like the jitters and all like am i getting excited you know i'll let Leah answer that one first sure i'll i'll still sometimes get nervous if it's um somebody that i have admired for a very long time Mm-hmm. And I really don't want to make a bad impression. Um, sometimes I'll still get nervous. And I was definitely more nervous when we when I first started interviewing people, which for me, that's a lot more recent than Curtis. Curtis has been doing it a long time. I've only been doing it for about a year. So um, that's another reason why I would prep so much. I'm like, I gotta have to 10 questions listed out specifically, and I have to be prepared. And now I always prepare still, but I don't have to have a list of 10 questions. I just have a few topics that I want to explore and I know that I can kind of go from there. Um, But yes, I did used to be a lot more nervous, still sometimes get nervous before interviewing people that, uh, that I have known of and respected for a long time. Yeah. I do do have to just a comment before I say before I say my thing, Aaliyah, it does never come across as nervous in the last year, year and a half or whatever, since she's been doing it. She always comes across as a pro. So you you always do a great job. Um, I did do your horn again. For me, I don't get I don't get nervous anymore. Weirdly enough, I've been doing this. I mean, I started doing interviews as a journalist back in 2012. um, And. I don't know. I just I just don't anymore because it's just people. So I don't really care. You know what I mean? It's like, what's the yeah. really about half the time? I have had it where people are nervous with me, which I always find kind of strange. And I know that they've been a, a nervous with me and Aaliyah at the same time. Um, I so I kind of go. I kind of look at it from that viewpoint. Like if someone's going to be nervous around me, why would I need to be nervous around someone else? You know what I mean? Like I go like we're not big fishes and. You know, even if that other person is a big fish, what is there to be nervous about? They agree. Well, let me say, let me say really quick from the perspective of being an artist, that nervousness can just come from, you know, it's going to be recorded and you know, it's going to be published and you want to make sure you don't say the wrong things and you want to make sure that you articulate the things that you're thinking accurately. So I think it makes sense as an artist to be nervous too. Fair. Like for me, I just kind of go like, regardless of the you know, tier, a popularity tier of the interviewer. Totally. I'm just at the point now where it doesn't matter to me what I say anymore. I mean, everybody's heard me say everything, so I don't think I'm going to say anything to get myself canceled at this point. If I, do. <laughs> I think uh, for us, we, we really like doing the long form interviews because it gives people a lot of time to become comfortable. Um, and, we and then they can yeah. cancel when they say something dumb. Bam! Yeah, exactly. It's a trap. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we always find like, I mean, not with you, obviously, because you can't podcast yourself, so it's different. But if someone's an artist that doesn't do much of that and they're kind of new to the whole thing, um, we always find like the second half of the interview is always really smooth and comfortable compared to the first because they're kind of like, oh, this isn't so hard. We're just having a conversation. This is kind of fun. And uh, they're really yeah. like Same with us, too, 100%. And I, one thing you guys will probably notice, too, if you haven't already, just as an aside, um, is the more you guys do the podcast, you guys don't do video though is kind of the problem. I was going to say you you will get people approaching you at shows and stuff and and asking you to come on the podcast and stuff, but might be a bit of a problem if you don't have video. But right, right, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. why I brought that up. I'm just saying. No, good point. Step it up. <laughs> but don't put James. this one because I have my glasses on and <laughs> I don't, no I don't wear those on video. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's funny. What other questions um, did you have, Brendan? I was going to say, uh, has anyone um, like ghosted you for an interview and uh, did that discourage you from like, you know, wanting have to do more? Heavy business? I know I wasn't. I don't think we have, actually. I really don't think we have. But, like, there have been times when we thought we were being ghosted, but the person was just late. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't feel discouraged by it. I was just like, okay, who do we interview instead? Or how do we, how do we, because we have a schedule that we like to keep, two two episodes a week. So if somebody Mm -hmm. cancels on us or doesn't show up, then we need to have some more content. So sometimes Curtis and I will be like, or someone cancels last minute, we'll be like, well, what's a topic that we're experts on that we can talk about that'll be still a valuable episode? Yeah. Um, Or is there someone that we know who might be free last minute? Um, So those kinds of things have happened. People have canceled last minute on us, but as far as actually ghosting without any contact, I don't feel like that's actually happened. I know that happened uh, once on my older podcast. I can't remember who it was. It was like someone I didn't really want to interview anyways, but my co-host did. So I really didn't mind, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I, they didn't really seem like a guest I'd be interested in anyway. So, yeah. So, no, I don't think so. Most people are pretty good about it. Like, keep in mind, too, though, that most of the people that we ask to come on, they're usually industry people. Uh, who are professional. There is the odd musician that we have on, but usually most of the musicians we have on are like on labels or they've been around the block or whatever. So Right. Or they are very business oriented themselves. Yeah, right. That's the main point is business oriented, right? So if you're being in, uh, invited to a business oriented podcast and you're super late or you're not showing up, it's going to just look really dumb on you. So yeah, we're kind of lucky in that regard. So yeah. We've had it, gotcha. we won't say who, obviously, but we've had it happen twice where the person's yep. just never shown up and then never replied to messages afterwards. And we, we waited like half an hour and be like, hey, are you coming on? No response. And then I've seen the message say, hey, does something happen? It's totally fine. If it did, just let us know. We'll reschedule. Never hear from them again. Oh, yeah, I'm curious sucks. if you're willing to let us know later who that who those two people were. Off I know the call. I'm, yeah, off the recording. I can't for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. the shame is, is that like, they make good music, man. You they know? do. Well, I just I just don't want to invite them to our podcast ever by mistake. This is what I'm asking. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. No, we'll tell you after the show. Cool. For sure. Um have you had uh like an incident or like an interview that you've had to like totally cut scenes out of? Yes. And or Aaliyah totally heard... scrap all together, maybe. Aliyah heard this story the other day because this was earlier in the C Squared podcast, and I'm not going to name names either. But a but a band on a major label was pitched to me and Corey in the beginning. Um, for those of you who don't know, I used to have an earlier podcast before this, and I'm not going to name what the name is. Um, but we I already had contacts prior, so we were like when we first started, we were able to get some big names. Like we got Trevor Stranad from Black Dahlia, we had Michael Sweet from Striper um blasco from aussie like all within like the first month and that was because i already had contacts with these guys from the earlier podcast so i'm just pre-framing this here so why i got picked by a major label in the beginning of the podcast because it sounds weird um so this band we were asked to do an interview with and um they we were told they were very business oriented we were told that they you know they knew what they were doing and so we get them on the podcast. I didn't, me and Corey didn't really care for their music anyways. Um, but a lot of critics did. 
and I've totally forgotten the name, so I will not be telling you after the podcast is over anyways, because it's blank, blank. But we got <laughs> on. The guy basically said they only got signed because they were friends with the label. And okay. they'd been one of the guys had been in a previous successful band. Um, they had never practiced before. Like, everything was basically a fluke. And it was like one of the worst interviews I think I could have we could have ever done for someone uh, about business. Because he's like, I don't know. I don't handle any of this type of stuff. I have no idea. Nobody in the band really cares. We're just doing this as a hobby type of thing. And we were just like, you know what? That interview was accidentally not recorded. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. But I will say we have had to edit stuff too. Like sometimes yeah. we'll, um, we've had interviews where after the fact, someone will be like, actually, I shouldn't have spoken about that thing. Can't yeah. you edit it out? Um, or something and we do that. We do that yeah. all the, you know, not all the time, but if people ask us to, we will do that. Um, or if something happens where Curtis's internet drops out twice during the call, like, like it did last night, <laughs> I will edit the video together and cut out any awkward pauses, um, things like that. So. Yeah, that happens. Do you guys do that too? Of course, yeah. We, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's the beauty of having audio only because it's so easy to to edit that stuff. Um, yeah, it's such a pain to edit the video if it happens. Like, yeah, oh, adds like Sometimes, an hour to the production time. The most common thing is like people's kids coming in. That that happens more than you would think. Like people's children running into the room and like interrupting yeah. the interview. Mine oh yeah, the, yeah, all the time. Yeah. It's kind of fun though. It all depends on how it goes. You know, like. Usually, like most people are pretty chill. I don't think we've had anyone that's like, get the fuck out of here, you know, no, or something like yet. that. You know, like <laughs> I, I've done that on more than one podcast. I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> I've done it. We had one incident where uh, Brendan's son actually came in, and before we could stop him, he explained the entire plot of an episode of Octonauts. And uh, <laughs> he's like, dude, I'm busy right now. He's like, yeah, but this happened, and then this, and then this. And it's like rattled through the whole episode. And then the guest oh, was like, that's hilarious. The guest was like, can you please keep that in? Like, I actually, I want that in the episode. So we kept it in. Yeah. It's actually back, it's back there somewhere. It. But <laughs> one, of, one of my kids came in yelling that they pooed their awesome. pants when they were little on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I thought that was funny. Yeah, but actually, uh, live stream, not a podcast. I am sorry. Oh. It was live stream. And that oh, was, no. That's even better. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. It was really funny. I was like, I have to pause this right now. <laughs> everyone understood yeah yeah um, but yes we have had the other thing you mentioned as well where people have given away a secret or something they shouldn't have like announced like oh i shouldn't have announced that single yet that's not actually public knowledge or uh they, they've outed themselves as someone in another band like oh i shouldn't have said that i'm it's not public yeah. that I'm, I'm a member of that type thing so yeah yeah sure. yeah it's so, like yeah it's cool it's fun yeah, then we have to like note it in the podcast too. So then, like James, you gotta like really listen when you do the edits. And you're like, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, hundred mm percent. -hmm. Anything else, Brandon? Um, well, what about what we got here? Well, if not, I, I have a question. Yeah, yeah, go, ahead. <laughs> yeah. go for it. Can I ask you about writing social media copy? Yeah, sure. Um, what do you think are the common mistakes you see bands making in their social media writing? One would definitely be proofreading. Uh, people really don't. Honestly, it's like such a simple thing. <laughs> Typos. People, yeah, people don't check it yeah. all the time. 
Um, I, I do this. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Every now and then, I, I let it slip myself as well. Um, so it's it's understandable, but it is something that that can pretty easily avoid it. And the other one is um, tagging the wrong accounts, and sometimes that is not anyone's fault. Yeah, that's like Meta does not make it easy with a scheduler to actually tag the right account. And it, it used to be easier, but the new uh, what's it, business suite um, is not intuitive whatsoever with with tagging. Um, mm. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. It's, every now and then, it's a happy accident. I mean, it's happened once or twice for us where we've done it, and the person's like, "Hey, I'm not this person, but I'd love to come on the podcast or like I love a review <laughs> or something." Oh, cool. Okay, new fan. Yeah, I remember <laughs> I asked a. Uh a band um and they're like hey we're uh not the band that you think we are we we play pop punk and i'm like oh so okay <laughs> you happen to have the same name as this grindcore band but um yeah it's just pretty funny well that's actually a good point of something else with social media as well is like uh, naming conventions of your band it's like do something that stands out um because there are like if your band's called like death it's like okay, well, uh, how is someone going to find you? There's like 500 bands with that that name, um, and like another really. This is from a reviewer's perspective. This is incredibly frustrating. Is people that don't put an at on their account on Facebook, like uh, when you set up your page, choosing an at, and so it just oh. has like. Yeah, I just oh, recently I mean? uh, had that happen with someone I was trying to tag their newer band and they don't have an app set up. And it's just mm, like yeah. this series of numbers and letters. I'm like, and I can't get them to come up in the tags at all. I yeah. finally got a way to get them to come up. But yep, it's, a, it's frustrating when you're trying to tag someone. You spend like three or four minutes and sometimes you're like, I just can't be bothered. I'm just not going <laughs> to right. them. Um, yeah, uh, social media copy as well is, uh, I guess, keep it succinct. Um, there it, it doesn't need to be a lot a post people aren't most people aren't going to read more than on average like 250 characters is the cutoff point for most people um some people will read more if it's captivating from the first 250 but mm. in that space is where you really want to tag like a uh, hook someone to actually read more um yeah people, oh that's people, really right. interesting yeah it's we'll have to have them both on and t- to talk about this at some point uh-huh. or doing like like little clips of uh live shows yeah yeah that's very helpful yeah. as well you know sure. You yeah, know, my band. Like, had... Oh wow, look at those guys rocking! Like you know, like damn, yeah. they're killing it. You know, and then you're like, I want to see that, and then it makes people want to like you know keep an eye out for them in a way. Mm. Yeah, and one that people don't think about: each platform has its own best practice for number of hashtags, um, which massively yes, affects the way the algorithm true. picks it up. Um, Twitter is the least. Twitter it recommends uh, three or less. Um, Instagram is eight or less. And uh, Facebook doesn't really work the same way. It's more someone searches for a specific hashtag, but it doesn't actually push your content um, to a, in a search. So if someone searches like hashtag death metal, they'll find that. But otherwise, it's not going to show in the newsfeed or something like that, different operating model. I didn't even know that people even used hashtags on Twitter anymore. This is news to me. That's cool. On Twitter, yeah. It's, it's I don't see them very often. Not as frequent as it used to be. Well, because you can search by just text now on Twitter. Yeah. it's not as necessary Mm. Uh, twitter is like uh, the wild west right now it's it's (laughs) very true it's a very weird place this uh this past six to 12 months Uh, i feel like bands also just don't don't do as well generally speaking on twitter Mm. Uh, i have a rant again 
I have a rant again. I, I don't believe that because I, I haven't seen any real changes in Twitter. I keep hearing people talking about changes in Twitter and saying that there's changes in Twitter, but I haven't actually seen any of the changes that anybody's talking about. It's like you got less reach. I'm like, I don't have less reach. My followers increased by like 500 or 600. I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I keep hearing, you know, Elon fucked it up. And I'm like, okay, maybe he did, but I'm not noticing a difference. I'm like, literally, you're the social media expert though, but I'm not seeing shit. So. I would say that it's it's more so from like a big company or business perspective than it is from like a smaller Fair. perspective. Um, Fair. And, Fair. and that's that's because the whole blue check mark thing was one of the biggest changes. Um, it kind of stripped the, the See, fact of how that didn't affect me. I don't have a blue check, so I was, yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, well, now you can now you can for thirteen dollars a month, and it means nothing. Ooh, um, <laughs> I, don't I don't want one. I never wanted one. Never needed one. So yeah, it's just it kind of takes away the legitimacy of having one because you're no longer a public figure for having one. You're just someone that's willing to pay thirteen dollars, which means right. it basically means nothing. Um, and the other thing is he's, he's thrown some features in, so if you do pay for that, there are features. So like you can edit a post after posting, which you couldn't do mm-hmm. before, which would be handy um, to fix typos or tags or anything like that, but still not worth $13 a month. Um, and then it's taken away the uh, word limit. Yeah, limit. Yeah. But again, that, no though, one, I don't see a decrease uh, in reach though. So yeah. Yeah. No, no one really goes on Twitter to read a paragraph though. So it's no, like, no. is there really a point in that? Something that I've seen is also subscriptions now. So, like, you can't see someone's tweets unless you're subscribed to them, which I assume is a paid sort of. Yes, do that, Leah. We should totally do that. No, <laughs> we're going to do it as a we're going to do it as a trial. Heavy business. I, I, I'm not not subscribed to anyone on Twitter. I just am like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to see your tweets anymore. Instagram's added it too now. Yeah, I saw. Um, really? Yeah, and Instagram. Okay, so Instagram added this feature, and it is one of the best things I've added in a while, in my opinion. Have you seen the channels? Like the the chat I, channels. I don't. I didn't understand. I keep seeing notifications, no. but I actually checked it out myself. So basically, you establish a channel, um, and anyone who follows you can see that their channel's there. It doesn't automatically invite them, but they're able to join. Uh, and yeah. you can invite people if you choose to. And basically, no one can talk in there except people that you grant access. So it's just a really, really good way to communicate as a band with your followers. Um, so anyone that's in that chat will get a notification in their inbox when you post. So you can use like, Hey, album's out next week. Here's a pre-order link or uh mm-hmm. touring next month. So I think it's a really cool feature that can be used by bands and record labels very effectively. If it's kind of like a hybrid of a uh, discord server and uh, yes. DMS or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is. And I think it, and they've added it now in Facebook groups as well. So there's a version of that in Facebook groups too now. Who uses Facebook for anything though? I did notice that because I've joined. <laughs> I mean, older people generally, Curtis. Well, other other than our group chats, do you ever people. notice like there's a difference between the bands that do well on Instagram and the bands that do well on Facebook, and the bands yes. that do well on Facebook are like the ones that cater to an older audience usually. Yes, and the ones that uh, do better on Instagram are definitely much more multimedia focused. Uh, yeah. It's much yep. more with images, uh, videos, that sort of thing, stories, yeah, um, the reels. Yeah, hundred percent. And and the reels thing, like it's become essential. You have to do reels now to actually reach the audiences because they've they've optimized the algorithm that is preferential treatment towards accounts that use reels and towards reels themselves with reach. So it's just you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually doing a photo post 
Um, and I was debating whether to do it as a carousel or as a real, I ended up doing it as a carousel collage thing because I just don't like any of the templates that I see for like the photo slideshows or whatever. Mm. But, uh, I don't know. It might, it probably would have done better as a real, but I didn't do that anyway. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we started doing a new format where we just have like minute long videos talking about albums or bands or promoting stuff. And it's just a new content type for us, easy to make. And it performs really well, but we had to do figure out, did we want to do the standard video on the feed or did we want to do the real thing? And we went with real and it was definitely worth it. Uh, we, oh, we, did yes. a, we did A-B testing on both. Um, and the performance on the real was like, it was within the first half hour, like 600 views versus like 50. So yeah, for any video I ever post, it's always as a real. So that's good to know I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's so many things that like no one teaches anyone with social media that unless you actually work in the industry, you're not going to figure that stuff out. And it's like, it, it doesn't work to bands advantage. And it is unfortunate that it's not common knowledge and it should be more common. Yeah, I'm lucky that I actually, yeah, (laughs) it's true. I actually have a friend who's kind of like an influencer um, and a a cosplayer. And she does this, the social posting a little bit more um, as a business thing. And so a lot of times when there are changes, she does get, she does get, get information on it and she'll just tell me and she'll be like, Hey, this is what's changing. This is what's going on. So I get that information from her, but if I didn't know her, I probably wouldn't know what to do either right and then the other thing i mean this is my least favorite thing about social media is the pay to play aspect of it that's kind of become built into the algorithm where basically you have to make a sacrifice to the machine every so often to refresh your algorithm or it starts to dip yeah. Down. Um, yeah so they, they want you to constantly have some sort of ad spend t- uh, trickling in even if it's a couple of bucks here and there it, it boosts things so yeah, yeah. And then uh, the, the best kept secret, honestly, in my opinion, as far as social media platforms go, and the user base isn't the best, but functionality-wise, hands down, the best platform, uh, Tumblr. I, and I only figured that out at the start of the year. Um, they did a, like, a revamp on how you can post Really? Yeah. Have, have a look. Like after this I call, still go, haven't checked go, it out yet. Go check it I out. Wanna, Be- I, we definitely don't have a Tumblr, so I'll have to look into uh, it. I had, I had a Tumblr when I was doer PR, but I don't anymore. I've never had a Tumblr. I never had one till now, but I just, I really like the functionality. Like, again, the re- the reach isn't there because the audience isn't what it used to be type thing, but it takes, it's really easy to post these copy paste basically. And you can just, there's one more place you can be. But the reason I like it is because you can do multi, multiple different embeds in your post itself. So you, you can have a heading, an image, text body, where you can actually tag hyperlink to other things. So you can actually have clickable links within your body text. So it's like a blog. It's like a blog. And then you can also do like a Bandcamp player embed, a Spotify player embed, as many as you want, like multiple embeds, YouTube video embed, links, and then uh, hashtags. So it's like, it's got everything basically in one post, which is really cool. I'm looking at it right now as we talk. Nice. Yeah, I just wish more people used it because it's like for from someone who does anything with multimedia, it's like the best option out there, in my opinion. Yeah. I feel like that would be really good for like reviews. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what we use it for. So we have like yeah. the, the album title, image of the album art, uh, description, and then like the player of the album link to our review. Perfect. Done. It looks it looks really good. I can say that much. Now, whether, now uh, the effectiveness is another question, like you said, but it does yeah. look very good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of hoping the other 
platforms kind of catch on to that. Oh, people like this functionality and start doing the same thing because that'd be really cool. Yeah, and maybe you're going to be like an early adopter of the new version and then you get all the followers, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Brendan, you got any other questions there? Um, well, I guess um, in uh, Shield the Wings, uh, what's your, your favorite venue? My favorite mm-hmm. venue? Oh, well, we... Yeah. Only- We've only been playing live with this lineup since September and we've played five shows. Okay. So yeah, I've, I've liked elements of all of the venues that we've played. Um, my favorite one is the forge in Joliet because it's close <laughs> and very professional, but I also really, really liked playing at Reggie's, the legendary historic venue. Um, we just played there last week and Um, but yeah, all the venues we've played at have been really good. Even the smaller venues, like we played one called Labwire Lounge and it's a very, very small, like under 100 cap place, like 80 80 person venue. And they had great sound and really good staff. So yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know if that's really a helpful answer, but yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Just uh, really. Which venue oh, was the Visions of Atlantis one, Aaliyah? You that did. was a WC Social Club, and I like that they offered uh, Liquid Death sparkling water because I don't drink alcohol, and so I like having something fun and bubbly to drink. You guys and are not all of the venues. Offer that venues. That. So that's why I asked, just based on the clips, it looked like you guys were pretty comfortable there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, the venues, um, most of them had lights, actually, so that was that was always nice. It seems like kind of a burden to have to bring in your own lighting setup, but I know there are like a good series of smaller venues where you'd have to do that. Mm-hmm. Right now. Also, just to say props to Liquid Death for how well they've done in the market. Honestly, that's... Seriously. Uh, I love, it's so I love ridiculous. It. I love it. Yeah. I know it's all branding, but they got me. No, they got yeah. everyone. Like, I was a... I don't want to be like, I did it before it was cool, but I, I, I found them like super early on when they were just kind of starting out. Um, and I've been following their journey since. And it's just awesome to see like they're in every supermarket. Now they're at every venue. Like they've just yeah. cornered the market in that aspect. It's awesome to see. I personally yeah. don't get it. I don't drink booze either, but I don't get it. <laughs> it's a uh, water. Yeah, I know. I, I, I okay. So I only <laughs> found out that liquid death due to last year because I, I Bradley Zorg Drager. I don't know if you guys know him. he, had cases of it. I went to his place and um, he's like, have a liquid death. I open it and I'm like, it's fucking water. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm like, it's water. I'm like expecting sparkling or something. And it's like, they do have sparkling water. flavored water now, Curtis. They have but mango and berry and lime. It was just water. They have an auto too. I'm trying to understand. Yeah. I didn't get it. But, anyways, I mean, I wanted water. It was good. I just. Yeah. I, Get it. I work. It's, uh, just, it's just branding. It just shows how powerful oh, the branding yeah, is. Yeah, it is. It's branding super important, man. Um, I work for a, a brewery, and we do uh, CBD water. So I'm drinking right now. And um, CBD water? That's a thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's I like sparkling get... CBD water. You know. Oh. Um, yeah, they're all flavored. Like, it's like grapefruit and tangerine and stuff like that, and huh. blueberries, acai, and fun, fun stuff. Um, huh. real neat flavors, but yeah, there's a, we sell a lot of it through, uh, like our Shopify, like a lot of people that like, um, I don't know that like CBD, just, they buy it and all over the huh. country. It's pretty cool. I didn't even know that was a thing that's brand new news to me. Maybe yeah. Actually one of the venues, Reggie's actually ca- carries a CBD 
like cider. It's non-alcoholic. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's different from what you guys have, um, but it's just like they have like they had like pear mango, I think was one of them. But anyway, yeah, they have that there. And I, I've had that a couple of times as well because I just don't drink alcohol. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fun stuff. But yeah, with um, the branding, though, like it's, you know, it's got to be flashy. It's got to be neat, you know, and catches your eye. And they do, um, you know, they do commercials and stuff like that, you know, like like all that kind of stuff. Like you got to be in people's faces all the time. I, what I really liked is that one of the biggest marketing tactics was uh, posting the negative reviews they got uh, and making a really big deal out of that. And see, so like, just posts and posts of people saying, this is stupid, this is just water, like, I don't get it. You know, like, like and people getting angry about the marketing, like, it's satanic and, like, why want water to bring us death and stuff. I, I, it's a smart marketing ploy, in my opinion, the negative. It's negative like murder your thirst. <laughs> it's like... Uh, with bands, like if there's a really terrible review, if I have a client that's got a really terrible review, I'm like, you should share this. It's going to, like, people are going to like the fact that this guy got so angry about your music. Like, yeah. It's one strategy. Yeah. If it's like just a negative review, like, I didn't really like the guitars, like, it's kind of negative. Not really. But if it's like a, wow, this guy's like furious that this album exists, it's kind of funny to that point that people are like, okay, this is hilarious. Like, why did this guy get so mad about this album? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm just yeah. still stuck. I'm still stuck on the CBD water. It's, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's sorry. awesome, man. I, uh, it's the, the funniest review I ever saw from a client of mine uh, was, a, it was a German language blog, and he referred to the album as poopy toilet water. <laughs> I was like, wow. It's very professional. It's uh, <laughs> big brain energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I have a, I have, a, I'd have a hard time sharing a negative review, but like, even one that was, even maybe even especially one that's super mean, because I feel like, I, I think what you have to be able to do is disconnect yourself from being insulted, disconnect yourself from being yep. emotional about it at all, and right. then you can be funny about it. Right. Yeah, I just exactly. realized, Aaliyah, we know we know someone that works for Liquid Death, and we could probably get them on to talk about branding. So that's, yo, that's awesome. that would be dope. Let's do it. And he's been a previous guest on the podcast, and I just realized he works for Liquid Death. So remind then me. Then we didn't ask him about that before. I don't think he worked with Liquid Death back then because this would have been okay. two, three years ago. So okay. I just popped okay. in my head because I was like, he always posts about Liquid Death. I think he works for them, and he does. That's yeah, cool. I, pe- oh, I see people it. wearing their hats everywhere, like I've got a stickers shirt. on cars. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's in people's faces. It's it's because if you order the stuff delivered, you get points, and every certain number of points they give you a free merchandise item, so you can get a shirt or a hat or stickers, whatever right. stuffy coolers for free, which is smart. Are you That's still able smart. to sign over your soul for a case? You are. <laughs> You're going to do it <laughs> once, though. Um, that's a real cool. promotion. That's good. That's a good idea. Yeah. I still, I feel weird it's about it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think I would want to do it. It seems a bit weird, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, a few dozen or a lifetime supply. I mean, sure. But I mean, one. <laughs> like my soul is worth more than one case of water. water. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sparkling water. It's got to be. 
Cool. Well, uh, I've noticed we're coming up on time. Um, so I just before we go over, I, I this is a question I ask everyone that comes on the show. Um, so I'll ask you as well. Uh, it's going to put you on the spot a little bit, but if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only bring three CDs to listen to until you were rescued and you had a solar powered discipline, so you're not going to run out of energy to play it, um, what would you <laughs> bring to listen to? I already know, but I'll let Aaliyah do it first. No, if you already know, do yours first so I can think. Okay, River Runs Red by Life of Agony, um, Too Fast for Love by Motley Crue, and Trouble Gum by Therapy. Wow. You're ready for it. (laughs) Yeah, you are ready for it. Um, I think for me... uh, Actually, I want to change my mind, but I'm not going (laughs) to... Night Wishes Once is going to be my... Symphonic metal pick. If you didn't pick that, I was going to think say that there's something wrong with it. Well, see, I have to pick between because I was thinking, oh, I would also want Within Temptations, The Silent Force, but they're kind of similar in genre. In genre, and I want some variety, so I'm going to stick with just Nightwish once, and right. then Rotting Christ, Ayalo. Mm, I think Ayalo. Yes. Good choice. Yeah. That is like the most riff-filled, groovy it's album. So good. I love it so yeah. much. Yeah. And maybe Borknagar True North. Nice. Didn't you pick four? Oh no, you didn't take put him within temptation. I thought you cheated. No, I didn't <laughs> cheat because I I I limited my symphonic metal to one. Oh, so I, I could have so. variety. Yeah, Curtis, what would your uh, alternative pick had been, the one you were considering changing out? Uh I got I had like four or five pop into my head. So um Okay. All right. Cause of death by obituary, deicide, self-titled, or just a couple. Then I was good. also thinking Shout of the Devil might be good as well. Uh something else popped into my head now and just ran away, but yeah. <laughs> right. All good picks. What are your guys's? Oh, it changes oh, all the time. It's like that's the question. Because we ask it so much to other people, I'm always thinking about it and it keeps changing. Um mm. number I'd one. Bring, you got this, Brennan. Yeah. I was gonna say I'd bring the crow soundtrack. That's a good choice. Um, that's super smart because then you get a ton of artists <laughs> yeah it's got a and couple then, stinkers on it but it's most of, almost the whole thing's good except for like one or two yeah there's like mad like a couple roll like kind of sleepy songs yeah but um and then the judgment night soundtrack that one's there's more variety it's fun yeah, like i think nice. and then um i don't know yellow and green baroness I don't know if I've heard that one. No, I haven't. Yellow and Green, I must have. Yeah. For me, it would have to be... I'm going to go with uh, Death Symbolic. Um, I'm going to do Trypticon's debut album, the one straight after the change from Celtic Frost. And then to mix it up, uh, Annabelle Dream Reader by The Witches. Cool. I don't know that one. I don't know that one either. It's, check it out. it's like a one hit. Okay, so if you listen to them, only listen to that album. It was this thing where they came out of the gate swinging and made this literally perfect album. And then everything they've done has been like a pale imitation since. But it's a mix oh, of no. like uh, psychedelic rock and surf rock. Um, okay. It's And uh, noise rock. So those three genres. It's just like insanely groovy and like so catchy. You just cannot stop listening to the songs except stop singing them. Hmm. Actually, Sounds Rust cool. competes by Megadeth. How do they forget that? It's a classic. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, for anyone who wants to follow your podcast, check out your services, any of that stuff, what are the best places to find all of that? There's one spot. Go to c-squared.info. You've got everything there. you got the podcast. you got our playlists. we you got our uh, list of clients. you got how to contact us. you got literally everything we offer under the sun, moon, and stars, except I don't think our personal names are on it. But other than that, uh, c-squared.info. Awesome. Nice. And they can find you on most socials as well, uh, from what I've seen. Uh, sort of. I mean, we... C-squared like as a Twitter. company? Yeah, we kind of let the Twitter kind of slide because me and Aaliyah both got lazy and we decided not to run the Twitters. We just do our own personals and Corey does her own personal and so does Holly. Uh, Instagram is being run uh, daily. Uh, Facebook as well. Uh, but Twitter and TikTok are just... Always and the, the handles public. on Instagram and Facebook are C-squared music, I believe. No, okay. C-squared MM2, unless I changed it and I forgot. One second, I can tell C-squared you. C-squared MM2 is the at, yeah. But the, the, oh, the right. name of the Facebook page yeah. is C-squared Music, and yeah, the right. at is C-squared MM2. You're right, yeah. Yeah, it's the same on uh, Instagram I'm looking now. Yeah, I should know these things, and I forget. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, we ran out of time, obviously, but I'm sure we could have kept talking about a lot of uh, great topics. So if you ever want to come back on, we'd love to have you back sometime. Right on. Thank you. Awesome. And for anyone at home who's listening, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll have another guest for you next week.